welcome to the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Here's a story. Welcome to Toast of Lavender Podcast. Today we're doing something a little bit different. We are all in different places recording together as one big Brady Bunch family. Yeah, it's something. It's really something. What are you guys drinking? Well, I'm drinking this, and I think Kai is also drinking this. Um, or were you, Kai? I have not had any of that this evening. Okay, okay. I love that beer. Um, it's the Utah Snapdown Lager. Let's talk about it, because it's delicious. It's a rice lager, which means they use rice to make it. I don't know if that was obvious. Not to everyone. It's very light. It's also got ginger and lime, and it's 7.7%, and you would not know that. Damn. That's what's the kicker. That 7.7, you're just like, wow, and it's good. Yeah. It's 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 probably my favorite beer they've ever made. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's not yeah. like the ginger tastes authentic. It doesn't taste like sweet, fakey. I don't know. It tastes fresh. It does. So I agree. Um, I give it like, I, I don't know if I've rated it on Untappd before, but I would give it, I don't know, four and a quarter. That's what I half. would give it to. Four, four and, and a half. Quarter. Wow. All right. Well. Four and a half. Cheers to that. It's a great beer. Um, I'm drinking the Ketos Sage Pale. Nice. This is a beer that we have been buying a lot of recently. And... It's just very, like, crisp and yummy. It's like the perfect kind of piney, sagey juniper pale ale that I like. So cheers to Ketos. Yeah, cheers to Ketos. Yeah. That's such a good beer. We're drinking the Utah Love Punch. And it is... There it is. There's the Love Punch. Um... It is a beer that is benefiting Project Rainbow. So Project Rainbow is a queer organization nonprofit here in Utah that funds small queer projects, small and large queer projects, honestly. And um, this beer proceeds from shops and from the brewery Utah that brewed it go towards Project Rainbow. So that's really cool to see a brewery in Utah do something like that. Yeah. We've gone there a little more often since they've brewed it just to like, I don't know. Be like, Show yeah. them support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we go there. I feel like we've been there a, like a lot more often too. I feel like it's a really nice summer beer. It's like kind of tropical and light, but not too sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a Hefeweizen, and I don't usually love Hefeweizens. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I feel like whatever they did kind of covered up the parts of Hefeweizen that I don't like. Yeah, I agree with that. I will say I don't get very much pineapple from it. It like is, seems to be heavy on like the orange and the mango. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Penny, Nutkin, Blanche. Sorry. 
There's inevitably going to be some dog sounds in our videos. There's just sorry no about way the to get around that. <laughs> Do you have any electrical tape? <laughs> No, we do not. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you people? I'm Lisa. Uh, I'm Alex. Oh, no. You start. I'm Alex, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Lisa, and my pronouns are also she, her. I'm Kai, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her, hers pronouns. <laughs> what? You just got that? We just always forget that third one. <laughs> Lindsay we always Lindsay remembers start. and the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, queers. Cheers. Cheers to you. All right, should we jump in? Yeah. Yes. What is our subject? today lisa so to continue on our theme this season of queer joy we found the queerest joyest filledest show available on the television at this time and that is heartstopper and you can find heartstopper on netflix it just came out um on april 22nd it's 2022 we are diving in headfirst into this show and my heart is just bursting with joy, just getting ready to talk about it. How's that for an intro? I can see it. I can see it's <laughs> bursting. Good. I feel like everyone, too, like, I feel like it's worth adding that we've had multiple people reach out to us who did not know we were recording a podcast episode on it. That were just like, oh, my God, this show. So. And it's yeah. been out for a week. Yeah. What does well, that maybe say? Maybe we should just broadcast live right now and that'll be our <laughs> Facebook live. <laughs> Hello. Yeehaw. So I think it's I think it's important to start with where Heartstopper begins, which is its roots as a graphic novel. Are you guys familiar with kind of how this mm. show came to pass i was not no oh i that changes a lot of things yeah, i'm so excited for you guys okay so heartstopper is a viral graphic novel that started from a british author alice Oseman. I'm probably saying that wrong, but um, this person was also heavily involved with the Netflix adaptation. But this is some foreshadowing, but some of like the aesthetic and the elements you see visually come straight from the graphic novel. So we'll come back to that. But um, so yeah, started in the UK, just became a huge hit. There's a good chance that there'll be multiple seasons because there is a huge backlog of this webs comic that's been going on. So um, it it started on Tumblr in 2016 and it gained a really significant following, specifically in the LGBT community, as you could see. And um, it kind of like... It's interesting because just what I read about it, 
it kind of like started in that dicey time where stuff on the internet that had anything to do with LGBTQ just like led to I don't even know how to like weird porn sites and like weird yes yeah. yes like that I see that like coming up multiple times on the internet is just it's like kind of weird but um it gained a super significant following um the author she launched a kickstarter campaign within two hours she reached her target pledge so the fan base coming into this show is insane obviously so it was already high yes and that kickstarter was in 2018 so like this whole thing has been going on for about six years they made this film or not film they they made this tv series with the fans in mind and this huge fan base already in place and they kind of included them in like the adaptation into the netflix series so i thought that was really cool like obviously none of us are in that loop but i feel like that's like a really important I'm glad you told us that because I had no idea that that was a thing. That's cool to know. Um, and we'll we'll add this on our social media in our show notes, but um, the graphic novels you can purchase in volumes. So there are five volumes. Um, and then there's quite a bit on the website as well. So we'll link all of that so you can go over there. But the the art style is gorgeous. And I feel like it's very true to the casting and the style that they maintained throughout the whole series when they added um, kind of those like drawing elements to the show. Right. Well, and... I know that when Lindsay and I were watching, we noticed a lot of like camera shots that seemed like they were from a comic book. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're very focused on the characters' faces, and then it's like their feet, and then it's their phone, and then it's their face again. Like, it's very. It, it reminded us of like a comic book or. Didn't I say that while we were watching it? Yeah, you said that. You said that. I was like, yeah. it feels like a comic book, and I had no idea. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm impressed yeah, that you got really that funny. because I, I liked the little leafies and fun little graphics that were on the pages, but I didn't quite put together that comic element, and I had no idea of any of that backstory. So that really connects it all for me. Yeah. I think I thought really quick while we're on this, because this is something that I noticed too, is um, it's the best um, integration of like digital communication and real life communication mixed together that I feel like I've ever seen in a show. Like the way they depict uh, texting and the way mm. they kind of like show the text and then they show a reaction on the face of whoever's reading the text or typing or waiting like they, for the little dots. Yes, to... exactly. Yes. And I, I love I that you brought like that up. 
I feel like that's the best I've ever seen it done in a in a movie or or a TV show. But I I don't watch a lot of movies, so maybe there's another example. But but it's like where you feel the anticipation with them. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. I loved. There were multiple times when Nick, who will explain the characters a little bit more, but just going off of what you said, Lindsay, he's looking at his phone and it's like you see Charlie write 10 different messages and erase them. And you can just see Nick like watching the three dots appear and then disappear and then appear and then disappear. And that's like so real when you're like waiting for someone and to respond. I, I didn't even pick that up. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is a really great point. And I liked when they would draft a text and then delete it. Like it shows the all the different yeah. things that they want to say, but then they don't say it. And then so you're just like following their thought process of like. And how relatable is that? Like how many texts do yeah. we all draft and rewrite every single like, I don't know. I know I do it a lot. And then I'm like, no, that sounds rude. I should rethink that. Like, yeah, I loved that. I loved watching them struggle to like find the words to say and then. Yeah, there was a lot of tension in those moments, and I feel like that's true. Like, that happens, you know, to me every day. Yeah. Agreed. So in the production, they they did really keep in mind the graphic novels and the, like you said, like you could see those scenes a lot of the shots that they made in the TV series were direct recreations of the comics. So like they were very, they were very in tune with how they wanted everything to look, which I think is important to note too. Yeah. Can I ask a question, an old person question? Mm -hmm. Was it an anime? No. Is this an anime? (laughs) So it's, So it started as a webcomic, which means it was a comic that was just put on the internet, okay? And they drop okay. they drop new issues or like new segments of the story like a couple times a month. Okay? And then a graphic novel is when they take a section of them and publish them in a book that you can actually buy. So you have like the physical copy. That's a great question. Like that's I don't know how many people would know that. So, so it what's starts an anime? Anime is like a certain genre of comics, and that's like more Asian influence. Okay, go go on, go that's, on. I'll look it up later. That's all I have to say. Do you want me to look at the definition of anime for you right no, now? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I think Sorry. earlier, Lisa, I think the problem is earlier you referred to it on Tumblr, and Alex has no idea what that uh, is. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so it so Tum. Okay, no, you don't so- have to explain it. No, move on. It Go de- ahead. It just debuted on Tumblr, which is okay, like a predecessor of. It's like the Twitter of emos. It's like the Reddit. <laughs> okay, I'm putting it in terms you can understand. It's like kind of a version of Reddit years ago that's visual. Okay, got it. So. Does someone want to volunteer to just, like, give a very simple synopsis of, like, what the show is about? 
It shouldn't be me. It really no, shouldn't it be. Should be. No, it should be. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, yeah, it. you're I'll right. It. it should be you. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, why shouldn't it have been and then suddenly it should? What do I not know? We'll find out later. Mm. Mm-hmm. The main themes, the cliff notes, is young queer is in a shitty relationship with a closeted person. Who's a who dickle. sucks. Yeah, who sucks. And then is like finding his way into another relationship. And this other relationship is a person who has never thought of themselves as anything other than like cis straight white male. And then it's also like the peripheral friendship group, the end. Yeah, no, that was great. We meet okay. we meet Charlie, who's the main character, who is an openly gay fourteen year old boy. And used to being bullied. Used to being bullied, used to only being with people who want to kiss him in the library in secret. He meets Nick, who is a straight popular rugby player, and they fall in love. I like both of your synopsises side by side, so please just please keep them. <laughs> so I want to I want to talk about some of the characters. Like, who was your? F- I want to hear everyone's favorite character and why. Alex. Okay. Um, my favorite character was. While you're thinking, this episode uh-huh. or this yeah this entire episode is going to be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show, it's up to your discretion. But we're going to be... Stop now and go watch it. Go watch it. It's eight it's episodes. It's worthy. It Binge will take it. you a second to get through it. They're very short episodes. Okay, Alex? Um, I guess Charlie's my favorite character. I don't know. Charlie. Why? Because he's like a little church mouse. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a church mouse. That's it. Okay. I see that. That's a good enough okay. reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kai, who's your favorite character? You can have a runner-up, you know. You don't have to pick just one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Ellie's my favorite character, and I just feel like it's because she's she just is. Lisa and I had a really interesting conversation that we'll talk about later, but about Ellie in particular, but like she is the trans character in the story, but she just is like the narrative isn't all about her being trans and I love that. Right. Yeah. I was going to say something about, I have a note here about how I just like. We can talk about it now. We can talk about it now. Let's dive in. Let's go for it. Let's dive in. I like that it wasn't the main, like, focus point of the story at all. And it wasn't, it was just, like, Elle went to the school last year and got bullied, and now Elle goes to this school, and it's, like, the end. It just, like, I, I mean, right. it wasn't Untrue, much more than like, that. Yep. She goes here now, obviously, she, the, the all-boys school didn't make sense for her. She now goes to the girls' school, yeah. the end, and, like, sure, she we realize that she's bullied and experiences some things, but like 
there is none of that backstory really, which is very right. refreshing. I love well, that we don't see any of her transition. We don't see anything necessarily negative. It's just like she's a normal trans teenager. And I don't I can't recall any time I've ever seen that in a show. Ever. Ever. Never. Well, and it's like we don't get any insight into who she was before she went to the new school, like her dead name, her family, her like trauma. We don't have to deal with that. And I think that's really like refreshing to just like have a trans character in the background and you don't have to like go through a whole. Yep. Cheers. Like we don't have to know their horrible past and dead name and all their triggers. Like we can just celebrate them as who they are right now. And that was so refreshing. So and every and they have a a lovely friend group. Yes, very supportive. And everything right. everything Elle goes through in this season is regular teenage girl stuff. Yeah, making friends. Yeah. You know, like having a crush on someone, going to a new school. Like it's all just regular teenage girl issues. Like nothing right. is like specifically trans related and I thought that was like and I love how Tao's mom just like loves her every time she comes over and is like just like leave the door open kids okay hold on everybody else still needs to say their favorite character okay okay. so let's not get carried away well I'm changing mine to Tao's mom (laughs) (laughs) cheers 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 All right, Lindsay, who's your favorite character and why? I feel like mine's a little bit of a cop-out. Okay. I liked Isaac. Hell yes. I'm so glad you brought up Isaac because I'm just like, this fucking guy, I loved him. He's just like always reading a book. Yeah, and I wanted to write down all the books I saw him reading. I think one of them was like gender evolution or revolution does anybody remember oh Oh, yeah i remember remember. it was gender something something Uh, gender well we'll find out i bet somebody wrote them all down but i wanted him to have more lines and more like i i feel like he was too i get that no no i think he was just right i wanted him like all right no we all had a friend like that in high school and they all like filled that role in your friend group and just like made it a complete group isaac doesn't want to say this strong silent type you know (laughs) the introvert yep the one that's grounded so at it was the very end of the okay spoiler like sports day when isaac was doing the javelin charlie was holding his book and he was so happy yeah, he's so happy. Okay, I got to plug in my laptop. Sorry. I just got a notification. Yeah, you better hurry up. Honey, you're going to have to do a whole shimmy shiru because there's not a plug right there. You got to go to the you other know. side. <laughs> shimmy shiru? <laughs> is this like shim shiminy? Is this like yeah, shimmy shimmy bang? what it is. It's shim shiminy, okay? Mary Poppins, you're close. All right, all right. Do you have anything else to say about Isaac, Lindsay? No, I just, I like, 
I I have a lot to say about some of the character development in the show and some of the storylines, but we can get to that later. I just liked Isaac because he kept me like kind of intrigued, like, oh, what's this guy going to say or do or who is he? Like, he's mm-hmm. kind of mysterious. And I kind of like that. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Lisa, who is your favorite character? I love Tao. Like, I want a whole season just on L and Tao. I just, like, his, like, hair. I just, I feel like if I was, like, a straight guy, that's how I would want to look. And obviously. Okay, I I had hair like Tao. I'm not, like, kind of like Tao. I had, like, these little bangs that went like this. Like down the sides of my face. Oh my god. I liked the like extreme flip with the beanie. Like that look that that look is it for me. Like I'm just like I I love it. And I love how he was like this huge like cinema nerd and he just wanted to like force all of his friends to watch movies. He I just like really vibed with that character. I felt Yeah. Yeah. He had a great bedroom. The vibe in the bedroom, like, all, like, it just felt like I was in, like, an art gallery while we were, like, seeing his bedroom. It was so cool. I just, I really, I loved his character development. He was such a good friend. He was so worried. And then, like, his feelings were genuinely hurt at one point, and he's just, like, I don't know. I, I just felt for his character the whole time. I love the side love story between him and Elle. That's by far my favorite character. Can I ask a question that we might not know the answer to? Absolutely. So I read Tao as a gay person. and I initially did too. And they don't really say that, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's Um, talk about that because I don't feel like... I feel like this is a different universe than what we have any yeah. relation to. Like, this is not the high school any of us went to. This is not, like, the environment that any of us came out in. There's a lot to unpack there. Right. Okay, but, like, I, this friend group, like, I feel like no one needed to really say what they were. Charlie, L, Tao, and Isaac. It's like they're holding hands. They're saying I love you. They're like texting I love you, checking in on each other. Like there's no sort of I don't like I there's just no feel like build they up. Was... there's no build up. There's no controversy. There's like they just yes. exist. They're just like friends who don't give a fuck what their labels are aren't looking for some sort of, like, outside thing. Like, I feel like we don't need to know what they identify as because they're all just like, these are our people and we love each other. That is a group that I would want to hang out with in high school that I would feel comfortable being with. Yeah. Yeah. Like, those are the friends I wish I had. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. Those people, honestly, like, that friend group, Reminds me of the friendship that I had with Blake and Eden and Ashley that I've, like, that is, like, 
those fucking weirdos right. are my group. And like that is And what it that doesn't matter. Like and like <laughs> everyone's a little bit queer because you're all like you're not questioning each other. You're not like putting all this pressure labels like you all just kind of get each other. And I feel like that's what makes a good supportive group is like L and Tao are falling in love and L is trans. So obviously Tao is like maybe pan or something, but like that doesn't matter. That's not like the focus of it. It's like two people who are best friends who are connecting on a deeper level. Do you think that's going to be like a season two storyline? I hope hope so so. because I really want to see their storyline explored because it's just like exploding with chemistry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I have to say I was like slightly turned off by the gay boy narrative at first. From Tao? I'm like, okay. No, 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 no. For this, like, for Charlie and Nick. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, there's a lot of gay boy movies. That's all I'm saying. So at first I was like, all right, this feels a little, uh, you know predictable yeah okay Uh, but let's talk about that let's talk about that because that is something we talked about the predictability is the predictability something that we let's go there okay let's go there again um but i really like how um what's his name nick i really like how nick um he started off a couple episodes doing like google searches like am i gay so it's it's clear that he like dives right into am i gay and then he ends up on i'm bisexual and i feel like i i have never and i was impressed that 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 was a thing where it goes from like yeah well maybe i'm gay to like maybe i'm bisexual and i think that him coming out as bi to like his mom, his friends, his boyfriend, I think is like something that you we haven't seen before. It's all like, I mean, I don't want to yeah. say it's all gay all the time, but it seems like there's not a lot of like bi main characters. Yeehaw. Yeah. And, and nobody had a problem. It wasn't even like kind of odd or it it was very normal and it was very comforting to me and I'm not it's not this show isn't about comforting me but like I it like just was and it I felt like so natural Charlie didn't and comfortable. like say anything about it right he wasn't like oh you're not just gay for me like you like it. like yeah. he wasn't threatened yes. or like yes yeah, mm-hmm. he was he just was like just he was he actually was joyous. Yeah, like yeah. you came out. I'm so happy for you. Well, and you know what's crazy for Nick. He was gay for Nick. Okay, yeah. go on. Uh, go ahead, yeah. Lindsay. Go ahead, Lindsay. No, I just like I keep coming back to this, so I might as well just say it now. But like, I feel like all of these high schoolers were way too fucking mature. Like, I was not that mature. Are you kidding me? Like, Charlie is like a full, like a sixty-year-old man in a high schooler's body. He's like, <laughs> okay, cool. 
Yeah. Well, he's been out for like a while, just... right? Like, he's... But, dude, he's also not. Like, think about how he just, like, shuts down completely and goes and hides in the lunchroom to have lunch because he refuses to, like, talk about his feelings. Like, he has moments of maturity. He for sure has moments yeah. of maturity, but I don't think that he... He doesn't come across to me as, like... A fully figured it out kind of person. He comes across to me as like a pretty damaged person. I I get that right, and he obviously has a part in in the series where he's like, I don't know why I exist. Like I seem to be fucking up everybody's lives, and I don't think that's a teenager feeling. I think that can be anybody's feelings, and. Just because he isolated himself in the art room, I don't think that's a teenager thing. I think that's anybody thing. No, for I sure. I just felt like I... Charlie as a character was really mature. And yeah. all the characters were really mature, which I very much enjoyed because I, f- I feel like it's a good example to the teenagers that may be watching the show. Like how to deal with these emotions, how how to ask hard questions, how to navigate hard situations in a constructive way and not like a reactionary, dramatic way. Like, if you think about it, none of them were that dramatic. Like, no, all I the totally teenagers agree. I know. Yeah. I just want to circle back before we get too far down of the predictability because when I watched it, I feel like I was waiting for a tragedy to happen. And in hindsight, it was a very predictable storyline. It was almost like a fairy tale. Like everything happened that was like happy. Like we never get that with a queer storyline. I was like waiting for something bad to happen and then it never did. And so it surprised me. So now that I'm thinking back, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like so predictable that they like ended up together. They had this like iconic kiss moment. Like it, it kind of has the same formula as a fairy tale, but it wasn't predictable as I was watching it because we never get that. I, and I completely agree. I was just waiting, waiting, waiting for like, yeah, the terrible backstabbing friend or the like lover that just like was like suddenly I'm straight or like I literally anything terrible I was just waiting for somebody's heart to just be ripped wide open and it doesn't give you that and it's really refreshing honestly because you never ever ever see that with queer media ever It was celebratory. It was happy. It was, it was innocent. And, and to touch back on what Lindsay said, it was like, even though there were touches of bullying and like coming out and like things, those things weren't the main part of the story. And I feel like Mm -hmm. for kids watching that now, it would give them tools of like how to deal with that in a very positive way. Like it's, it just felt like this very refreshing take on how to 
deal with that. And that doesn't have to be like the main storyline of your story. It doesn't have to be like the main focus. It's just kind of like the side thing that might happen and like something to be dealt with, but there's like a happier outcome if you're true to yourself and you're, you know, like living authentically. Yeah. And this was refreshingly like adult <laughs> and yeah, I see um, what you're saying. Yeah, it it was um relatable. It was like what I wished I grew up with, you know? Right. What would our lives be like if we had this type of media when we were fifteen? Like I can't even think of anything to compare it to. There Everything we anything. had was just like a jest, like you were the butt of the joke, or it's like even like things like, but I'm a cheerleader, like so over the top, like satire. I just like can't think of anything like this that I've ever seen before, let alone when we were that age. I mean, even queer as folk, like there were good portrayals of like gay relationships and whatnot, but like it wasn't. This show was just like a fun very innocent, very normal kids in high school. Like it, it just felt so normal that it felt unreal to me that it was just like a queer drama with young kids and it's not taboo. And that just felt kind of unreal to me because I feel like everything, everybody tries to make it taboo no matter what. And this show was just like, so innocent and like the there you know when when the kids were kissing in the school and all that there wasn't some authority coming over to get them in trouble or get mad at them you know what I'm saying like it just felt really chill yeah I so here's here's the twist is that I didn't really like the show <gasps> uh, oh, no, I didn't what? really like this show. No, I didn't really like Alex. it. I, I know, I know. Um, Let's go for it. Let's go for the twist. I so okay. So all the characters that we talked about, I feel like I've felt these feelings, like. I've been the Charlie and I've been the Tao and I've been the L and I've been the um Nick. I feel like I've been the Nick and like Same dude. Same. All all of these feelings are like cringy and negative and like make me just want to like curl oh. up and die. And so like all these things I I, I don't know. It just made me like feel feelings the whole time we watch this okay but is it because of their relatability can i just like interject and say yes. is that why you yes. didn't like yes. it is because it was so yes. fucking the wife tunes like, in. That, that's why it was just too much like too much okay i and i can totally i just totally yeah. see that So, like, the purity and the innocence, the fact that there's, like, no sex, it's, like, being queer is not G-rated, right? right? Like, we all know that. There's nothing G-rated about living the way we live. 
but like I feel like this story made it so accessible that like anyone at any age, like fifth grader who is struggling with their gender identity could watch this and like I just yeah like I feel choked up even like thinking about this but it's like this story this portrayal is like so accessible that it's like I feel like this show is going to change people I think it's gonna like change people who are in this younger demographic who aren't gonna have to deal with some of the shit we had to deal with when we came out And I think it's going to, I think it's going to, like, open people's eyes that it's, like, not this, like, I don't know, you know, some people, like, portray queer people as, like, being kind of, yeah, like, sexual predators. Like, it's not, this is, like, so pure and just, like, relatable. I feel like this show is more valuable for allies than it even is for queer people. But can we talk about, can we transition into how it felt relatable? Because to me, there were multiple situations where I I was reminded of very specific scenes and memories of being in high school. Absolutely. So yeah, it feels like a fairy tale, but it also feels very real at the same time. And I think that's like the magic of it, right? Yes. Like, and this is it's never like how you wanted it to be. Yeah. Yes, this is like what all of us fantasized about as kids, and it's like now we get we get that, and it's like to see it normalized. I just, I feel like there's so much here. And Alex, I'm sorry that you had a hard time watching it. Yeah. And I, and I like validate that no, and okay. recognize it because there were a lot of things. And you got to revisit a lot of emotions it, when you watch it. It's kind of triggery, yeah. dude. It's kind of triggery. Like if you really get it down is. to it, it is. If, yeah. For, for certain things. I mean, I'm not saying for everybody, for everything. Like it, it is a positive ish show. But there are a lot of triggery subjects and relatability that really feel right. kind of hard to handle at yeah. times. Like I, I think cr- because like, it's so relatable, it makes it so stressful. It's because like I felt those feelings. And you're like back in eighth grade, like oh my god. Yes. <laughs> well, and have yeah. you ever seen those things portrayed yes. on TV that in that way? No, and no. No, I haven't. It's very. It feels not very so authentic. personally, like, right? Awkward teenage. Yeah. It was too shit. Almost too authentic. Yeah. In a way. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's too authentic. But you think of all the other teenage, all the other teenage dramas, like even the the shows that have like queer subplots. I don't feel like anyone's even like gotten close. What's so great about this show? It literally hit the nail on the head. Like it right. targeted me and what I went through at that age as a queer youth. Like it made me feel like I was just being like the light shined on me that I couldn't escape from. You know, like it was like right on me. Can we talk about the idyllic coming out moment when Nick comes out to his mom? Yeah, we we should. That's yeah. one of those adult situations that I felt like was 
what I wished I would have done, like, oh, here's my time. I'm filling up my coffee mug and my mom's sitting at the kitchen table. Like, I'm going to go for it. But that mom, like, that was the dream, you guys. That was the dream. Like, I, and the people who have, and that's the thing is, like, I don't know if we're just living in a new time now and this is the new reality of some of the parents because I've seen, like, our friend Audrey and her kid coming out to her in a celebratory way. Like, I don't know if the the time and style of us coming out when we did was, like, different than how it's going to be in the future. But I... His coming out, Nick's coming out to his mom was emotional and it was sincere and it was respectful and like treated him and validated him as an adult who felt his feelings and like validated his feelings and she was just like I'm I'm happy for you I love you so much and it wasn't like hair on fire at the same time and it it wasn't like, oh my god. It wasn't hair on fire. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was genuinely respected. Right. Mm-hmm. It felt very genuine and it felt genuinely respected and like I don't know if understood is the right word, but like willingness to try to understand. Like it just felt very empathetic to me. I agree. I, but that's like that's like the theme for me for this show was all the good choices everybody made, right? Like there were some bad situations, but all People the characters made well. good choices. You know, like they they didn't act like they didn't react in a in an aggressive or angry or, I mean, aside from the fight, which I think at that point was like sort of justified you know like when yeah it was absolutely justified yeah here's a story of a (laughs) guy named brady of a lovely lady (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) were there any like really noteworthy scenes or like specific episodes times that like kind of stood out to you guys either based on your own experience as queer teenagers or just, like, moments that you were, like, just impactful? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry, that was a yes or no question. (laughs) That was. Would you care to elaborate? I have a fun story. I'm going to try not to name any names, but I feel like this will be very predictable. So, you know how Charlie joined the rugby team to hang out with Nick? Oh, Oh, shit. Is this a softball scenario? Yeah. Yep. There, There was somebody that joined, or, well, there was somebody that tried out for the softball team because I had been on the softball team. Mm. So you were the Nick in this scenario. Yeah, Lindsay's I was. The jock, you guys. Lindsay's the jock. Yep. <laughs> I just we thought it was really fucking funny. Like it felt so personal to me because that happened to me. And then I had to watch this person try out for the softball team. 
who you know like i don't yeah i don't think i don't remember if they didn't make it or if they just decided that maybe it wasn't for them so i'll i'll give them that but i will say that they're that they wanted to be involved so that they could be with me more often and that was pretty wild to see on a TV show because it happened to me. <laughs> and it feels like you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I can this like. can't hit a ball. No, okay. So it wasn't. It, oh, shit. Okay. We don't have to go through all the things, right? But I do no, remember a specific. No exercises uh where i was like ah, i don't know i don't know if you should maybe this isn't for you yeah <laughs> like don't please, don't please. <laughs> i appreciate the effort but i'd rather just hang out with you outside yeah we can just hang out later yeah <laughs> all right yes yeah. So that was wild for me. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this yeah. this this is very funny." Uh, yeah. So that that's that's my relatable moment. Probably the most relatable moment, I think. Alex, a relatable moment for me. Yeah, or just like a, a scene or an episode or something that was like very noteworthy to you that just kind of stuck out. Um. Oh, we can come back to yeah, you. Yeah, come back to me. We can skip. You want to think skip. about it? Skip. Kai, you go. You up? I feel like that moment when they're at Harry's party. So Harry is like the rich kid bully, and he has a birthday party, and. There's a moment where the lesbian couple, Tara and Darcy, who are kind of like a, they're like a pretty important part of the storyline, but they kiss at this party in front of everyone. Dramatically. Dramatically. There's music, there's lights, they're on the dance floor, like... The kiss is, like, a main part of this episode, and it kind of, like, inspires Nick to go and kiss Charlie, and I just, like, felt like that was a very, just, like, magnetic and, like, important part of the show, and I felt that part, like, made me tear up, and it was just kind of, like, I think it showed how important visibility is, and seeing someone else not being afraid to show who they are and what they're comfortable doing. And it directly impacted what he did next. Like there was a cause and effect happening in that scene, but like, it just kind of like, I don't know. It kind of just like really got me. Hi. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty out in high school, like, almost, like, as a defensive, like, almost as, like, a fuck you. 
I'm gonna be like so out that you can't crack my shell, if that makes sense. Like I'm gonna be so. So you were a Darcy. Out. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I that, for real. Like I'm gonna be so out that you can't crack my shell, even though I hear what you're saying. Of course, I hear what you're saying, but like I'm just like whatever. I'm just I'm so out. And so, I mean, there were a lot of situations in the show, especially between those two, of, like, being with somebody who doesn't want to be out or show that they're out. And I don't know, like, I, I, I don't have a specific scene to relate to, but I just, I felt that the show was extremely relatable and... I was very out in high school to the discomfort of many of my friends and family and um, seeing another person like that represented on television in a positive way was just very impactful for me. Even though I'm now 31 years old, like, it's just nice to, it's just makes me feel positive that things are progressing. Does anyone have any like other scenes or like storylines that really stuck out to them? There's a scene where uh it's it's probably like the like a courtyard of the girls school. I can't remember the name. Higgs of the Higgs. Um and it's like everybody's walking to class or whatever and they sort of focus in on these two like younger girls and one of them's like well you know there's like 1200 girls at this school there's got to be like a couple lesbians like implying statistically right there's got to be at least yeah <laughs> and then she turns to her friend and she's like maybe you're a lesbian you don't know it <laughs> and I laughed very hard at that. I, I yeah. thought that was very, very funny and poignant. Like, well, you know, like somebody's got to be a lesbian here and maybe it's you. Like you're only 10 years old. Like maybe you're the lesbian. I don't know. <laughs> you're only 10 years old. I don't old. know. You don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was, I, I thought it was a nice way to introduce like, statistical probability you yeah. know like yeah yeah hi this is still science you know we still have numbers to like talk about these types of things and it's it's not that anybody is an outcast it's definitely scientifically predictable and i thought that was like a nice way to sort of say that like yeah well you got 1200 girls here like some of them are probably gonna be gay like <laughs> statistically no speaking gonna, yeah. <laughs> well i just would like to say that this show i wish that it was a show when i was a young queer teenager who was just didn't know what the fuck and i alex i totally agree and relate that there were moments that were just like unbearably uncomfortable yeah yeah because they were but it, for me, at least, like, 
those moments are because I have lived those moments. And that's kind of what made the show so real. That's why I didn't like them, dude. That's like why I didn't like those moments is because I've lived them and they're uncomfortable. You don't want to revisit them. No, I never do. No, and I I mean, I don't want to revisit them either, but I took some comfort in like it wasn't me revisiting them. It was it wasn't just someone else that's in my community has also had those experiences. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. I'm I'm still like wrestling with it. And that's okay. Wrestle yeah. all the time you need. Yeah. But those are my ending thoughts about the show. I wish that that was my experience as someone who came out later in life. I feel weird about it in a way that I wish that I wish that that had been my reality. Something like that. Yeah. Me too. And that yeah. uh, that was what I was thinking about like the entire time. It's just how much I wish that I could have been in that group of friends or been in a time where we can move past labels and just be people. That's where it felt like a fairy tale. But it felt good for me to watch it. Like it felt it felt like it filled my cup in a week where like a lot of shitty things happened. Like there was a lot of like yucky news coming out this week. It was kind of a stressful week in our personal lives. We had a lot of stuff going on and I feel like it's exactly what we needed. It felt very joyful. I felt a lot of queer joy this week because of this show. It made me, I don't know, it just made me, for me, like it just made me feel hopeful. Like if other people are experiencing life in this way as like young queer people, Maybe the future's different for others, you know? And, like, yeah, I'm not trying to say we have the worst... Queer people right now don't have the worst time ever, but, like, I'm feeling uneasy about our rights, and I'm sure you guys are too, and, like, it's it's just a hard time. And so to find moments of peace and like celebrating us as we are just feel very celebratory right now so please watch heart stoppers yeah on netflix and slide into our dms comment on our shit like let us know what you think of it like i would love to hear other people's perspective whether you're an ally whether you're queer We've had people texting us this week about it. I'm stoked to hear what other people think. And, like, if you have a queer kid, if you... Whatever the fuck. Just, like, watch the show and let us know what you think. Because I'd love to know. And we have some exciting things happening this month. We are... We have a Patreon. So if you want to support our podcast and you are able to and willing, please check out our Patreon, Toasted Lavender Podcast. And we have a fundraiser coming up this month. Well, actually next month, June 18th at Lavender Vinyl. We are doing a fundraiser for our zine, the LQ. We're doing a plant sale during the farmer's market. And we would really love to see you. So if you want to come down and 
chill with us, please do. Garden plants, house plants. We're selling some fun, like, painted pots. It's going to be a really fun time. It's also the second drop for record store day. So we'll have some fun record releases at our record store. But if at any point you would like to donate to the podcast, please hit up our Patreon or we have a Venmo. And we appreciate everyone who listens and we love all of you. And don't let anyone make you disappear. Don't let anyone make you disappear. And you know what? I just want to say, Lindsay, that reminded me. That teacher who was out to tell Charlie, don't let anyone make you disappear, changed that kid's life. And there were teachers that were that for me and people that were that for me. And so cheers to those people that remind us not to disappear because... It has saved people's sanity more than once, I guarantee. I know we're not doing queer joy this week because this episode is just like bursting with queer joy. But one of my high school teachers, Mrs. Kidd, happened to be walking past our booth when we were setting up for record store day in the LQ. This is unbelievable. And she's literally like probably the reason I'm still here and she was like my shining star in high school and she was my history teacher and just like the coolest fucking badass and she's super Mormon and she is now the principal of Washington High School which is like the bad kid school in Ogden and she like walked past and was like so excited to see me and like took 10 issues of the LQ to like take to her school. And it's like people like that, that like are the reason why we're here doing what we're doing. There's a snippet of Queer Joy. I had a teacher in 10th grade named David Sider. And I don't know if he's still alive or not, but cheers to David Sider. He was my history slash like civil teacher and he was awesome this has been toasted lavender podcast our music is by cop kid our art is by the lovey debbie dixon lovely debbie dixon I the mean, love, Lovey is fine with me i like lovey the lovey debbie dixon we I'm love debbie dixon back. Yeah. Check out our Patreon if you haven't yet. I want to say we are recording video right now. And I feel like maybe that might be a Patreon exclusive situation. You can see me yelling at our dogs to not chew bones. Can you (laughs) save this to our Patreon so people can watch us on our corners? We're going to find out. Yeah. We hope we'll see what happens. Be the case. I hope. We all look yeah, I very hope. Very beautiful this evening. I hope that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this was Sorry. a very impromptu situation. Uh, you may or may not notice that Alex and I are very congested uh, this entire time, but so we had to do a remote recording, and we chose to record video, and. 
so maybe you'll see it. I feel it. like we killed it tonight, you guys. We're here. We're queer. We're drinking beer. I was drinking beer and I finished it. Or liquid death. Y'all's soccer songs, Lisa, for God's sakes. <laughs> no, I Lisa, wasn't. are you drinking your sister's booze, for God's sakes? Yeah, it's a tequila and lime situation that I found in my fridge, so. From your sister. Cinco de Mayo. Did you hear that? Hell yes. Hold Hell on. yeah. Hell yes. God, Stone Cold Steve Austin over here. Yeah, wow, that was intense. <laughs>